Hey guys, welcome to episode 93 of Inside the Cage and one of our very favourite episodes of the year and it is the Inside the Cage Awards for 2020. Um, first things first, Happy New Year to everybody. I know that is a ridiculous thing to be saying to people on the 12th of January but it's the first opportunity we've had to say it to you all so we hope this year is better and more prosperous for everybody. Um... Although, to be fair, Mark had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, I was probably one of the people that did, so... Yeah. If they keep me on about it, I'm just sitting there going, I had a cracking year, what are you moaning about? Yeah, true. How are you, big man? You good? Aye, good, man. Plod knows as best we can. Things are getting worse, aren't they, so... Yeah, it's not getting any better anytime soon, mate, but we've just got to knuckle down, like we said at the start last year. Just need to knuckle down and get on with it, mate. This thing's here, it's happening. There's no point fucking pissing and moaning about it, mate, so... Yeah, just like, I've, I've just chucked money about it. I just got on with it and just fucking get see what's see what's what. I mean, honestly, what's it stopping you doing? Going for dinner twice at once a week or twice once a fortnight? I mean, Jesus, it's hardly the end of the world. I would be nice to get out and do things, but is it really the end of the world? Not being able to go to the cinema or go to the pub? No, really, no. Part of family aspect of things for people, really, aren't it? Yeah, I know, I know, but. I mean, you can still talk to family and you can still Zoom call family. It's, it's appreciating the little things, mate. Like, the fact that you're even able to talk to your family should be enough. Some people don't even talk to their family, and that's an even sadder issue. Do you know what I mean? The fact that you can pick up the phone and speak to your dad, your mum, or your granny, or your whatever, your aunties, whatever, the same as me. These things are the things that are getting everybody through, but hey-ho. True, man. True. Right, so very busy show tonight, guys. Obviously, as usual, um, it's the first of the season, <laughs> first of the season, first of the year, and it's the awards. Um, it seems to be we're last to this. Everybody's been doing their awards for weeks. Um, I don't know why we're so late this year. I think it's just the way the holidays lie and because of the way the new year lay, it just didn't work out for us this, well this year. So we are here, we are going to do it. And obviously, you may as well save the best and most prestigious awards till the end because everybody wants to win an Inside the Cage award. So this is what it's all about. That is very true. I never need to make sure we get these awards sent out. Yeah, I know. We'll need to post them. I could do that, I suppose, with my job. You could, mate. You get a good deal on them, could you? Could, mate. Could. Right, so first award of this year is Event of the Year. Now, this one was probably quite difficult because I think with the way the year went, it was hard to remember everything because things happened before lockdown, then it stopped, and then it started, then it stopped, then it was slow, then it got going, and it was no... Like, it just... It just seemed to be there was so much to try and remember this year, so... Yeah, difficult one to pick this one, Mark. Yeah, it was quite hard, as you say, the way things have worked out and everything was everywhere, and you're trying to remember things, and UFC obviously put a lot of events on in a short period of time really if you think of it for the end of May right to the end of the year mm. in seven months they must have put on sorry, seven months they must have put on about maybe 35 events something like that maybe 30-35 events in that yeah. kind of period of time so oh, Jesus Christ man so much to remember so many things to try and get through and actually pick your kind of your, the best ones I think talk about it in a minute but the winners probably Probably as a standout for the full event. Yeah. I mean, we always pick a top three, um, so we'll run through them just now quickly. Uh, me and Mark discussed this a wee bit, because um, Mark's third was my second, and my second was Mark's third. We both agreed on the, the, full card of the, the event of the year, card of the year. Um, 
I personally thought that 251 was better than 249. And I think, although my reasoning, Mark did agree with as well, I thought it was a better card, but we decided to pick um, 249 as our second place because of what it actually meant in terms of it was the first pay-per-view back. It was a great card as well. Um on the top of it, like it wasn't just picked because it was the first one back, it was a great card, it was some great fights on it, great performances. Great finishes, um, mate, honestly. It's, it was it was actually a really good card See, to get a card like this back for the first event of after all the crap that happened, man, fair play to the UFC, they, they really did pull out a bag and I think it's just, well, as I said, it was for what it meant to have this card as we kind of got it second place for us. Yeah. Even then, 251, which was our third choice, I mean, had some great fights on it. Three title fights, you know, pretty much a, um, a women's strawweight title eliminator as well. It was it was a mental card, you know, debuts on it. You know, it was it was a class card as well. But... Mate, had some absolutely sensational fights on it and some sensational finishes, mate. It was, it was class um, as well. And it was definitely these three out in front. I don't think there was much more really contended with it. Definitely, you see with the kind of front runners, or just kind of what order you put them in. But the winner of Inside the Cages event of the year was the very last pay per view of the year and UFC 256, which was just. It was the quality of every fight. I think that was the thing. There was something in every fight you go, wow, fuck's sake, there's a talking point. Wow, fuck's sake, there's a talking point. I think that's what really made it stand out. Um, talk about finishes, Kevin Holland's knockout, possibly a contender of the year for a knockout, Cyril Gane just making GDS look like the old man he actually is, Cub Swanson, what a knockout that was, Viziev taking out Maikano with an incredible knockout, Tisha Torres obviously got a really good stoppage finish, or Sam Hughes, um, and then Chase Super come back from absolutely fucking the oblivion to somehow defeat Peter Barrett in the end, it was just and then you go to the decisions, Gavin Tucker, what a performance against Barry Quarantillo, Charles Rivera, what a performance against Tony Ferguson, Dern Yanderoba was an amazing fight, and Figueredo Moreno was an amazing fight, so it's just It was unreal mate, it was a great card, everything I say, but even then, it was a, it was like an exclamation point on the end of the year, it was like, that was a very fitting way to end, which was what was a very difficult year, not just for everybody in the world and for everybody suffering with it and all that stuff, because, but even for the UFC, to get to that stage, to have been able to do a year the way they have, we'll talk about that a wee bit later on, but, um, like a, a yearly review, but honestly man, it was just the quality, as you say, it was literally elite level. Those five fights, the five on the main card, although some of the names probably couldn't headline a fight night, the way the fights turned out could easily have been headline fights on fight nights without a doubt, mate. Do you know what I mean? Um, some it was just it was just class. I mean, Charles Lavera versus Tony Ferguson um, was unreal. Do you know what I mean? I um, the performance of was unbelievable, mate. It really was to beat yeah. Tony Ferguson and beat him that comfortable in the night was just incredible. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was easy for him. I was surprised it was only 30 to 26s to be honest because you could easily have been 30 to 25s. Yeah. It was just pure domination. It was a it was a great event. So that is the very first Inside the Cage Award for this year. Event of the year was UFC 256. Well done. Congratulations. Who did we send that one to? Uh, Dana. Thank you. What? 
I'm pretty sure it was last minute. I'm not sure. I'd need to double check that. Yeah, I'm sure he was pretty much last minute in that fight. That rings a bell, mate. Aye. Um, he, um, to me, that's tough, man, to get him out of there. It was, it was a tough fight, and he, he, he smashed him. Do you know what I mean? And then he smashed Kai Kara France. And then, to be honest, what would have happened if he hadn't hurt his shoulder? Um, against Moreno, do you know what I mean? I know he's had issues with his shoulder before, you don't know. I mean, as you said to me when we talked about it yesterday, you texted me and said he was literally one one away from a title fight, and that shows you the kind of debut, considering the fact he debuted in May, mate. In fact, no, fuck it, let's call it June because it was a third time he has basically June. Um, he debuted in June, and within six months, he was potentially getting a title shot. That's mental, mate. Nobody, nobody does that. I know you could say that's down to the light division. I know it's like there's not very many fighters in the division, blah, 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 blah. But even still, to put yourself in that position with performances like that is unreal. And To to beat Kai Kara France was a big one for me because that was a guy who, all right, I don't think he'd done maybe as well recently. I think maybe he was... He'd lost, in fact, he'd lost to Brandon Moreno. That was the one I'm thinking about. He lost to Brandon Moreno. But then beat Tyson Nam. And then there was all this talk about before the Moreno fight that he would be a contender for the title. Then he beat Tyson Nam, and again, he was pulling him and Roy Valver in the same situation. If Moreno, if Kai Cara France had won that fight, he'd have probably fought Moreno again to figure out who was going to be. But then obviously Roy Val won the fight, put himself into basically number one contender fight. And you can't go wrong with that, man. It's He's had a brilliant year. In fact, he's had brilliant six months, half a year, and he's yeah. done all that. He's, He's been one fight away for a title fight, and I'd like you can argue about to be honest, yeah. for me anyway. I agree. But without a doubt, 100% newcomer of the year is Kamzat Jemaev. Now, people will say this is a boring choice because it's predictable, but I'm sorry. It's just no... There's just nobody else you can pick. After storming on the scene and just smashing everybody, it's just... Ridiculous. He's absolutely terrifying, mate. Like, terrifying. I think that's the thing. It's the style and how he does things. It's not necessarily... You look at the names on it and you go, John Phillips, Gerald Mearshart, Reese McKee. It's not exactly outstanding. Um, Reese McKee's former Cage Wars champion, stuff like that. It's... It's the style, as I say, to go and finish you two guys first round, to not take a hit against Reese McKee. Nothing. Not even a slap. Nothing. Not a single thing. What is it? He took like is he not taking like three hits? Three three significant something hits. Like against that. Him? It was something stupid, like it was hundred and forty and three or something like that for strikes for the year or something. Something just pure stupid. Um I fact I made a mess of that. Reese McKee was he was fighting he was going to fight for the title, went in Cage Warriors, that's what it was. Aye. He was next up for a title fight, he didn't actually have a title, but there I go, they still Cage Warriors rate him highly, they were wrong to put him in a title fight. Usually, if you're Cage Warriors champion, you end up making your way to UFC. So, mm-hmm. um, I you can't argue with that for me. Um, fair play to Chimaev, and you know that UFC think massively of him. They're just going to keep pushing him forward and keep pushing him forward. And God knows where he's going to go next year. Obviously, Leon Edwards' fight's been cancelled again, which is a massive disappointment. But um, to get that high a ranked opponent as well was. Even to have that fight arranged and possibly to have, should have fought him last year is, is, is brilliant as well, do you know what I mean? So, I know. Fair play to I have. So, the, inside the cage, newcomer of the year, 2020, is Kamzat Chimaev, awards in the post, big man. 
<laughs> I want it so, back. You better sign it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Now it's kind of like... It gets interesting, because I guess these are like... These are the main awards, really, aren't they? Aye. So we'll go with Knockout of the Year. Now, there's definitely an obvious choice for number one here. Um, I was kind of swithering because, I don't know, I just was. I felt as if there was technically probably better knockouts, but see for the sheer highlight reel and the fact that you will never, ever see a knockout of that ever again. There's only one winner. There's only one winner, but we'll come back to that. There was a couple of special mentions here as well. Um, Kevin Holland against Jacare Souza, Sean O'Malley, um, obviously his great knockout as well. Um, there was a few good mentions on this. There was a few good knockouts that could have been. Um, Chimaev's against Mearshart, I still think is insane. How fast that right hand was was ridiculous. I mean, the power I think, on it was brilliant. I prefer the power on it was insane. I think if Mearshart watches that replay, he's still not going to see it coming, to be honest. I think even if you slowed it down 100 times, 100%, it would still be too fucking fast. But our third um, knockout, and sorry, third place <laughs> knockout of the year was when Yuri Prochazka walked onto the scene and knocked fuck out of Volkan Uzdemir. This was savage, mate. Mate, it was unbelievable. For the power this man has got is just fucking frightening. He is a scary guy. And to do that, it was just class. When you do that in your debut, you go knock out Volkan Uzdemir on your debut. It's mental. Brilliant, mate. Honestly, absolutely sensational. I'll bet he'll bet. I'm going to say he struggled to get fights. I want to get a Reyes fight. I think that's been booked for the end of February. But it's... Man, I wouldn't want to fight him. Put it that way. You just don't want to fight a guy with that power and that fucking sheer mentalness. I think that's the thing as well. Isn't it? He's just he didn't a madman. He didn't seem phased by the the the, the 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 whole thing at all. The you know the situation, the level he was at. He walked in there and just kind of smashed those to me. It was mental, mate. But listen, well chuffed with it. Um, I think it was the right decision, to be fair. Um, there was a few we could have picked from, but yeah. Um, second place in knockout year was, again, another insane right hand in Cody Garbrandt against Rafael Asuncio. Aye, mate, honestly, that's, that's, like, he threw it from, like, his arse. Like, the her hand was so low, and to, to bring that power up and round and literally take his face off, mate, it was... It's one of those ones he spun. You see him spun and then he flattened the ground. There was that much power in it and it was just, especially the way Garbrandt had been recently and stuff like that and he wasn't exactly on form, shall we say, and to come and do that back after, I think they were well off, didn't he? So, to come and do that, it was just unbelievable, mate. It really was. I can't can't say any more than what a great knockout it was. The power in it, the speed, the accuracy. As you said, it was similar to the Chimaev one against um, what's his face, Mearshot. Mm. He'll never have seen it coming. He still could watch the replays. He'll never see it coming. No, no. That's the thing. Because, as you say, it was so well disguised. It was down by his hip. Um, a sunshine kind of snuck in and just, it was just one of the ones just like, I still don't even remember. Oh, mental man. I, uh, there was another, as I say, there was another good knockout that night. Obviously, with Sean O'Malley's, but 
I Garbrandt was just beautiful, man. It was just a sensational punch. It was just amazing. It's total class, mate. Absolute class. So the winner of our knockout of the year, without a second thought, is Buckley versus Kasangani. Aye. It had to be. I mean, I had a wee bit of a wobble thinking, oh, come on, it's too obvious. There must be something better. But there was nothing even close to it, mate. To even have the balls to to do that, to, you know, swing your foot round and kick the guy in the face, like ninja. It was like something out like of a ninja movie, mate. It was something out of, like, you know. I still don't understand how he done it. I just mm-hmm. don't understand the, the physics involved. Like, it was as if he was hanging in midair for, like, two seconds. But it also seemed like, I mean... It seems like Kasanga and I let go of his leg very easily. Like it was like, oh, this guy's swinging around to kick me in the face. Like, because if if Kasanga and I had kept a hold of the leg, it may not have went. Oh, listen, we're we're talking shit, mate. It was a smash. We smashed him. Absolutely smashed him. I don't think I'll ever see anything like that ever again. Uh, as I say, it's like something out of a movie. I would love to see more like that. It'd be great, but can't see it. Nah, you'll never see. I don't think you'll see anything like that ever again. As you say, I'd love to just for the. The sheer box office of the, the kind of um, viral moment type thing—it was just—it was just unbelievable, and a hundred percent deserves it. And the lots of things, I think everybody else in the world has gave him that award for the year. So I See, think if we hadn't given him the award for the year, we'd be as well shutting down the podcast because we'd look fucking stupid. I will. Very good. I mean, see, um, the decade. Would you say the decade ends with twenty twenty or starts with twenty twenty? Starts with twenty twenty. I see, but then. It's 10 okay. years. If you this do, is the 10th year. Right, but you can't have 10 years and 10 years. It doesn't work. I know, but this is the 10th year of the decade. No, I'd say it was the first year of the decade. I'd say 2020 was the first year of the decade. Well, either way, you're, if you're talking about in the next 10 years or the previous 10 years, that's a definition. That's definitely in a discussion for knockout of the decade. 100%, mate. mate, just for the sheer audacity to even try that and to pull it off, man. It's just... Oh. Just the dreams are made of, shall we say. That ah, was something else. Well, congratulations to... Is it Jordan Buckley? Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Buckley. And you began with a J. I don't know why I've... I've I just wrote Buckley and then had a pure blonde woman. forgot me. Uh, Joaquin Buckley, congratulations, mate. Knockout of the year. Um, 2020 for us. Again, awards in the post, my man. Um, this one, then. Submission of the year. Now, you and I kind of chatted and... There wasn't many that were utterly outstanding here. No, there wasn't any unbelievable twisters or fucking von fruit, von uh, von fruit jokes. So there was nothing kind of of that out. There was nothing. Fucking hell! Where the fuck did they pull that one out? Or? Well, there was. I mean, the two, the top two on this were a bit like fucking hell. Like the winner was like something else. And the one in second place was quite a fucking hell. How did? But it wasn't. I, as you say, it wasn't amazing. I mean, a couple of special mentions here. You've got Mackenzie Dern, um, and you've got Khabib. Khabib throwing a triangle was probably one of the most. If it was award for the most surprising moment of the year, it probably would have been Khabib throwing a triangle because that's just no Khabib. Quite um, credit as well for the level that he did that. At. I think that's the other thing. It wasn't just a no. It was just a normal fight, and any other day it was a fucking title fight. It was a 
pay-per-view and all that. It was just the level to do that and achieve that. And brilliant, to be fair, it was an absolutely superb finish. Can't argue with that. Without doubt, it was a cracking finish. So the submission of the year in third place is arguably probably the most painful looking of the three. This was nasty, man. Like proper nasty. If it was if it was decided by like nasty submission or sorest submission, obviously we can't level pain because it wasn't on us. But I reckon this was nasty, man. And it's Ariane Lipsky's Niebuhr against Luana Carolina um at UFC in July. Um this was nasty, mate. It was the way that I actually thought she was going to take herself first. Then all of a sudden she just kind of sits there. Then she starts flying about with her legs, start moving about. And then she kind of unhooks her feet and then, fuck you. Just pulls it up and just goes, right, I'm fucking breaking. I'm snapping your knee into two places here, by the way. It's happening. And she does it in the ferocity and the power. It was just, it was brilliant. She calls her, was it Violence Queen? Her nickname is, man. That was pretty fucking violent to do that, the way she did it. The Queen of Violence. Nasty, man. Amazing. Absolutely nasty. It really was nasty, man. So, our second submission of the year. Now, this might come as a surprise to some folks. I didn't see anybody really talking about this one, to be fair. Um, but I just love the absolute sheer audacity of it, and that was Jimmy Flick's flying triangle over Cody Durden. It was just, again, it was a bit like Khabib. It was the situation to have the balls to try and do that. You're getting beat in a fight. You, I mean, if that fight had went much longer, I reckon Cody Durden would have beat Jimmy Flick, to be fair. Um, wasn't going his way. And then throws up a flying triangle and gets it was just beautiful, man. It was class. It was, mate. It was it was a great a great finish again. It was it was a flying aspect of it, I think definitely one of them. You see the odd flying triangle here and there, but um the way he just fucking went for it, he went, fuck it, I'm just needy. Because he probably knew at that point he was maybe losing the fight and he's like, I need to fucking do something here. You yeah. do something special. Dig it out, do what I do, and then bang, that yeah. was it. Brilliant, so, great finish, man. Another great finish. Again, I think it was that was a problem with my submissions this year. There was some great submissions, there was some great technical submissions, but there was no wow submissions, there was no kind of there's yeah. no Joaquin Buckley of the submission world, shall we say. I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, oh my god, how did he do that? Like Aye. a standing guillotine choke in the middle of the octagon, that kind of shit, like something a bit random, you know? Aye. You could you, 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 you look at an X one, you go, well, how the fuck did they do that? But there we go. Uh, mate, mate, I watched this five times this morning. Five times, I still don't understand what no. he did. I I checked it on the official um like obviously the official like way he won, and I'm pretty sure it says neck crank, which that was not. Um, I don't understand what it was, how he won, man. But our 2020 um, submission of the year goes to AJ McKee against Darian Caldwell at Bellator 253. They classed it as a modified neck crank from guard, which needs a better name, to be fair, because that's shite. I, but, I think I've seen somebody call it, what is it, a... Uh... Was that what was that McKee? Something McKee. They used his name, they called it basically after McKee. Whatever it was. It mean, he it basically was, said he designed it and it was his own well, thing that nobody had ever done it. I of course you would. If people don't know how you submit it, you're just gonna make it up, and you and say, Yeah, that was me that made it up, but mate, this was savage. Mate, it was I I don't I just don't know what he did. I'm still fucking lost to where he was putting his arms and he was just grabbing bits and then all of a sudden, bang, you're like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck have you done here? That is just... 
that was a wild moment. It was to be fair. Usually a wild moment you need to go to UFC, let's be honest. Bellator, they seem like watching Bellator, but you don't get moments like that in Bellator a lot. But probably Jamie McKee is one of those fighters who could cross over at UFC and do very well, so maybe you're going to expect things like that at home as well. Honestly, genuinely think that boy is a potential champion in UFC, mate. I, I think he's that good. I agree with you, mate. Um, 100% agree with you, and I'm kind of hoping the quicker and faster he becomes a champion in Bellator, maybe he'll go either he'll challenge her. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, being involved in the 145 Grand Prix um, with the featherweights, obviously, uh, for Elstow a champion, it's quite a tough fight if they get if if they do fight. Mm-hmm. Apologies. Um, so, I. I think it'll be. I'd love to see him step over. I think I'd love to see him step across and see what he can do against the UFC's best. I really yeah. would. I just seen what they called it, by the way, as a McKeel team. A McKeel team? Aye. <laughs> I like that. That's, quite That's good. not bad, is it? It was, like a, it was like an inverted guillotine almost when I was like, it was weird. It, uh, listen to me, it was class. I don't, know. I don't know what he was doing with arms. I've not got a clue what he was doing, but it was fucking sensational when I had to win it. Yeah. Well, congratulations to AJ McKee, the Inside the Cage 2020 Submission of the Year. Enjoy it, mate. Enjoy basking in the glory. Enjoy your cream egg. Now, hi. Now, me and Mark, we always offer a performance of the year. Now, I don't see anybody else really doing this. Now, the reason we do this is because we don't agree with the performance bonuses that the UFC give out. They give them out for submission and knockout, which is fine. But some nights there is performances by a single guy which warrant him earning some sort of because you could have a great performance but see if the other guy and I'll say doesn't, you're not going to win fight of the night you need both of you to have a great performance to win fight of the night so we feel that guys who actually do 15 minutes ish because this is going to be a controversial talking point because I'm going to admit I'm going to drop Mark right in the shit here and feel free if you listen to us to send us a message and rip on my PCs because I think it's shit anyway so we like to offer a performance of the year to guys who have we think I've done well. Now there was some special fight, a full fight performance. We like that. Shut up, shut up. Well, we do we moan a bit. We moan a bit. Yeah, mate. It doesn't have to be a full fight. It has to be a good performance. Like I mean, it's a good performance in better than two minutes. I mean, no, but I think within reason, mate. Listen, you took Gaethje off the list because he was twelve seconds short of a full fight, and it was he the twelve absolutely... seconds. It was about two minutes, as they know. Oh, sorry, it was a minute and twelve seconds then. It was three minutes and 48 around number five he won, mate, or something like that. Still. I think it's shite. I like to do it for a full fight. You've not even got him as a special mention, man. You're at it. No, like, it was a... If if you're looking for a total performance with a finish, then yes, he probably won that award. But for me, this award is about somebody who dominated the fight from start to finish and won it with a total domination of points. Mm. So, again, there's some special mentions here, guys. Um, Burns against Woodley was insane. Like, But as we said at the time, he probably doesn't make our top three because Woodley was so terrible, and we're not really sure how good Burns actually really was overall. But a good performance nonetheless. Alexander Rakic versus uh, Andy Smith. Again, great performance by Rakic. RDA versus Felder was actually in my top three. Um Sadly, Mark didn't agree, which is fine. 
Mark's wrong. Well, I, I, there was one that I like to throw in there, and we'll get in a minute. I just want to bring up Tomo as well. I thought Tomo's two performances this year, he's never really been a finisher, and he's always just been a guy who likes to be performing his performances, and these two fights were sensational, I thought. Yeah. There was there was a lot of guys that could have made that list, mate, to be fair, but our top three this year. Now, it's not very often this happens, but we don't normally pick people outside the UFC, so you're probably thinking Bellator. Well, it wasn't Bellator, so you're probably thinking one championship, but it wasn't one championship because we don't watch any of that. So believe it or not, there's a Cage Warriors fighter who has been nominated as our third-placed performance of the year, and that is Jake Hadley, which happened only a couple of weeks back, a few weeks back. And to be fair, this was amazing. Like, UFC-class performance. I think I that's 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 the thingy for me. Um, the other thing that did it for me was Luke Shanks won the belt like three months earlier and won it with a dominant performance. Like I think it was like fifty forty two or something like that over the three cards. Yep. And Luke Shanks looked fucking sensational, man. Honestly, looked he looked the real deal. For Jake Hadley to go out and do that to Luke Shanks after that performance and beat him the way he did beat him and dominate him. It was sensational, man. Um, honestly, I thought Jake Hadley was absolutely brilliant. Um, I don't think he's been to the UFC yet. I'm kind of surprised just because of the way he performed on that night. I thought the UFC would have grabbed him. The flying colours, you came here. Um, flyweight won it, so flyweight has a deeper decision than UFC. So yeah, it um, was uh, it was some performance, mate. To be honest, like it was class, mate. It was utter class, mate. It really was. Yeah. Um, our second place was Charles Oliveira versus uh, Tony Ferguson. Again, an awesome performance from Charles Oliveira. Um, the only gutting thing about this wasn't five rounds. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And probably because of there was nothing for Ferguson either. Nah. There was no comeback for Ferguson. There was nothing as brilliant as Oliveira was. I must say, didn't have to work for it, but it wasn't exactly a yeah. To beat Tony Ferguson was sensational. To do it in that manner was sensational, but it wasn't really Tony Ferguson, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So our performance of the year, this year, 2020, goes to one of my favourite guys in the whole world, man. I absolutely love watching Brian Ortega fight. So Brian Ortega's performance versus the Korean Zombie was unreal. Literally 10 out of 10, mate. Like, to do that in your comeback fight after Brute for so long, and he's striking to have improved that much, and to do it to a striker like a zombie was just, mate, it was it was fucking unreal. Yeah, I can't unreal. wait to see him fight Volkanovski, because I honestly think he might win that title. I really do. Um, yeah. It was just fucking class, absolute class. Yeah, it was a great performance, mate. Like It was as he was up there, like without a doubt, it was perform- like one of the best performances I've seen from a like in a by a single fighter in a fight. It was unbelievable, mate. Like it, as you say, he took himself to a whole new level. Got beat really bad for the title last time out, really bad. Like beat up proper bad. When away, obviously spent a year and a half working on everything and just making himself around. He looked like he looked like a natural striker. Like that's what he's been doing all his life. Not that I'm saying he hasn't, but he's also known for his grappling. Amazing, mate. Different class. World class. Class, but I was, it was all class striking. Without Congratulations doubt. to Brian Ortega, the 2020 Inside the Cage Performance of the Year. Congratulations. Right. On to the big three. Fight of the Year. Again, this didn't take much convincing. I think our second and third choices maybe could have been another way about. I think Mark's fourth choice was my third choice, but 
the winner by an absolute country mile was, you know, set in stone. Um, a couple of special mentions. Dan Hooker versus Paul Felder was insane. Um, two guys just knocking the shit out of each other. Um, oh, yeah, Shane Burgos versus Josh Emmett. Again, not a, like a headliner on a card. It was one of these fights that was like, you know, a sleeper fight. Like people, real fans would have known that Burgos Emmett was going to be fire. And it was. I mean, you're your stands, you know, your your casuals probably wouldn't have watched that or seen that, but if you didn't watch it, it was legit amazing. Um, third place. Now, difficult one, this was my second choice, um, but Figueredo versus Moreno, a couple weeks back, insane. To be fair, I, I couldn't really decide between second and third, I think. No. I just, I don't know why I picked second, I don't know why, it could have went either way, it really could have done. Aye. These, these should probably be joined second, to be fair, mate, because they were both literally insane, but Figueredo Moreno was, it took um, the flyweights to a whole different level Definitely. for me. Yeah, it showed, showed them like how how different level they can be. Um, second place on Fight of the Year was Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Again. Dan Hooker involved. You know, you're not a class fight, mate. Honestly, this was just, it was sensational. Dan Hooker was absolutely brilliant for the first two rounds as well. And then Poirier, Poirier was pretty beat up at that point. And to pull out of the bag and do it in the way he did it, he just got stronger as a fiber on. It was just, mate, it was, it was just fucking class from start to finish. It really was an unbelievable fight. And probably a fight I really, really enjoyed. I, I definitely need to go back and watch it at some point without doubt. I think I was kind of gutty for Hooker because it looked like he was going to get it. And it was a big, big deal for Hooker to get that fight. That was like almost a game changer for Hooker. Um, like that would have genuinely put him right in amongst all the, the elite guys. And it was a shame for him because they did. It was a great fight, mate. It could have went either way as well. I was thinking it was going that way, but brilliant fight. Um, but with, <laughs> without a doubt, without question, um, the Inside the Gage 2020 fight of the year is Weili Zhang versus Joanna Yudrychek. Um, I have no words about this. I, I, I agree with you, mate. It was just, it was unbelievable. It was the greatest of all time, without well, doubt. I, that's kind of what I was going to say. Like technically, from a technical aspect, Poirier Hooker was probably better, just for me, right? Uh-huh. But what this fight did, it's like I was listening last year, right? Oh, sorry, last year. I was listening to last year's show and we talked about um, what Zhang did for the sport and our country and all that stuff, winning the belt in China and all that stuff, becoming the first Chinese champion. And I almost felt bad for her because her... Um, um, oh, I don't know what I'm thinking now. I, her achievement almost outweighed what she did. This is almost the same thing here. This fight was so good. It became such a staple for women's MMA. This took women's MMA on another level, mate, and I kind of feel bad for the two girls in it because people like talk about, I know I talk about the fight, but what it did for women's MMA is mental. It was it, it was unbelievable. You've seen the state of Joanna at the end of the fight, man. She looked like an alien. Like, honestly, the damage that she took to the forehead, um, it was unreal. It was an amazing fight. The turn of the way through power, the way the punch... Technical aspect of the fight as well was unbelievable, really. You know, you got to think about it and you go, that was another level for these two girls. There's not been many fights within women's MMA where you go, wow, what level are these two at? Because that is sensational. And this, without doubt, fight of the year for me, great female fight of all time. It was just, I just fucking class, honestly. Um, 
Absolutely brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, man. Amazing, mate. Can't, can't highlight it enough. If you genuinely listen to this and you have not seen this, there's something serious wrong with you. You need to go and watch that fight. Find a way. It is honestly one of the most amazing fights you'll see probably in the last few years anyway. Like, there's not many that come close to it. To be honest, it was it was unreal. Unreal. No, there is not, my man. Right, so... Inside the Cage 2020 Female Fighter of the Year. Now, this was a relatively easy one, I would have said. Um, wasn't much I was, from. I think I think it would have been even easier if a certain person had won a fight. There was a fight that um, the, the third place girl, I think she lost a fight mm-hmm. um, against Watson. Yeah. Angie Hill. Angie Hill, Angie Hill, if she'd beaten Michelle Watson, would have been a fight, which is a bit of a shame to say that because she had such a great year. Um, but Angie Hill was tremendous all year. Just that one, just falling short of that one hurdle, just kind of. She lost to Gadelia as well, but she she lost Gadelia and Watson. She lost them both in split division, and probably either fight could have went either way. I think we were saying that at the time. Yeah. So probably if even one of the fights had went the other way, she possibly could have taken the taking the award to be honest there was a couple of like, other special mentions as well like I looked at I was trying to look at fighters who done well Roxanne Roxanne would a ferry do you know what I mean yeah she uh, had a good couple of ones we don't do upset of the year but that I mean her beating Macy Barber would have been upset of the year for me to be honest yeah definitely um, I would agree with that but, yeah Angie Hill was our third place um, first and second this really could have been either way around to be honest um, I think the only reason you maybe you gave it to would you say Sheva? Sheva's number one. Yeah. Sheva won it. The only reason it gave to Sheva was probably because she fought twice. Yeah. And she smashed them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her second performance probably wasn't really... It wasn't the class. Nah. It wasn't outstanding. But first one, the knockout was insane. And then the second one, she just dominated the fight, really. I think she lost one round. But um, aye, brilliant for Sheva to finish. She won. She defended her title twice. Can't really argue with that. Um nah. It's been brilliant to see Zhang again. Zhang finished second, but whenever after the JJ fight, whenever seen her again, yeah, I agree. It would have been good to see her again, but I mean, Sheva's going to keep winning this woman. Well, against the things she won it last year, I think Nunez won it last year. Um, but aye, our inside the cage 2020 woman for female fighter of the year is Ant- uh, Antonina. My God, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, she's about Asian about that. How? Valentina, why did I get mixed up with her sister? I'm sure she's, what's she going to do? Fly over and kick fuck at me? I'd love to see her try. <laughs> okay. Right, I, I, now... Yeah, I'm funny as fuck. Right, mate, do we have half an hour to sit and debate this next one? Because we're going to have to. Well, is there, only two can, is there only two to talk about, really? Right, so the next and final award is Male Fighter of the Year. This is the only one me and Mark still haven't agreed on, guys. So we're going to try and figure this out on the podcast. Um, everything else we talked about, we discussed, we put our points forward and we kind of agreed on everything. I think we both made a couple of kind of submissions about, all right, fair enough, stuff like that. Well, maybe, but this, neither of us want to back down on this. Special mentions here. Charles Oliveira, great year. Um, uh, Gilbert Burns, again, great year. If he'd got the title fight this year, he could have been, you know, potentially fighter of the year if it went his way, but we've not had that fight, so he didn't really make it in our top three. Our third place fighter is Jan Blahovic. Jan had a great year. Um, it was an easy pick, to be honest. 
the top three were easy. It's just what order the top two come in. Um, but Jan Blachowicz was our third um, choice. But here is the problem. So Mark's male fight of the year is different from mine. Obviously, you've guessed that. Um, Mark has picked Davison Figueredo, who, which a lot of people have, which is fine. Uh, and I've picked Kevin Holland. Now, Mark's going to tell you that Figueredo won the belt and he defended the belt, and it was the flyweight, the best flyweight fight of all time, and all that stuff, right? Can't argue any of that, and I'm not trying to argue, because I think Figgy could easily have won this award, it's that close, but for me, to be a guy who looked like he was kind of going nowhere, bad loss, to win five on the bounce, inside 210 days, so not only to have a joint record of having the most wins in a year, but to do it in like half the time, well, not half the time, but a lot less time than anybody else is ridiculous. Um, my fight of the year without it. one, I, I tried to think about this because you and I talked about this, Mark, and you try to sell me on it and you kind of put me off Kevin Holland. And I was like, nah, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Kevin Holland for me, honestly, mate, has been sensational all year. Mate, um, I'm not denying that for a second. See, if, See if Figueredo hadn't was it a championship involved and you were only thinking about championships, without doubt Kevin Kevin Holland would have been dingy. Because this was there was championships involved here, there was titles involved. Now, I know his first fight obviously against Joseph Benavidez missed weight. Um, you've just you've just kinda of taken my next point out. That was one of that was genuinely the only reason I didn't pick Figgy. When I looked at this, I wrote it all down, I sat and I studied it and I looked at it, you know, Kevin Holland's got three finishes, sorry, four finishes and a split decision, five wins, 210 days. I thought Figgy won the belt. He fought Benavides twice. He fought Brandon Moreno. But then I thought, that missing weight, mate, is something that's so big for you and I. It's something we always talk about and it's very unprofessional. But to miss weight on a title fight, your very first title fight I may add as well, your first go at it, and to miss weight is just, it just killed it for me, mate. It totally killed it. I understand your point. For me, he beat Benavidez with ease on the night. I was overweight, but then he was then told, right, you need to go and do it again. Not a problem. I made it even easier for himself next time. So as much as, yes, he missed weight, I fucking, I'd be pissed off that I was pissed off at the time because I had a feeling he was going to win the title for me without doubt. He was he's the best flyweight in the world. There's yeah. not even a question about that. No. He's always going to win that fight. So he was just too good on the night, and he was always going to be. Yeah, I, I know two, two and a half pounds. It's fucking annoying. It's piss annoying. I hate it. But for me, he won that belt and retained it three times. Yeah, Still pretty didn't. special. It is special, mate. But he didn't. Aye, okay. I know your point. I know you're dinging the point, but he still, he was. It was a title fight. He was fighting the second best guy in the division. Yeah. It was near as damn it. Apart from putting a fucking name on it, it was a title fight. It was oh, a fight I, to find out who was the best flyweight in the world. I know, and he beat Benavides. I get that, mate. He's a three. Is he three good wins this year? I'm not doubting that. Do you know what I mean? I, and and then he beat draw. Brandon Moreno after apparently being, or sorry, to draw with Brandon Moreno to retain his title after apparently been in the hospital the night before the fight and then been involved thing. in one of the greatest fights of all time that's something had he, had he beaten Brandon Moreno it might have been another reason for me to pick him mate but I just can't see past a guy in Kevin Holland who look, didn't mate, look 
Kevin Holland was sensational. Yeah. He's probably my man of the year. He's probably one of the people of the year. He's one of the greatest years a UFC fighter will ever have. As I said, it was just for me because of his titles involved. We're not going to agree on this. No, we're not. I want to sneak a joint number here. Well, I did a Twitter poll. Good for you. And the Twitter poll agreed with me. That's good. So are you going to what? Are you going to sacrifice? I'm going to do a joint award. Then you're not going to give it up. <sighs> right, fine. I'll get up. I think no. I think joints fine, mate. I think we've both put our points across. I think it was an interesting one. It was always going to be. A, you know, I've done three award shows. This is our third award shows, and at no point have we had any near anywhere near this kind of discussion about one of them. We've always been relatively there or thereabouts, and we've been easily swung either way. I just can't. Eat. I can't get past the missing weight on a title fight, mate. I'm sorry, missing weight on a normal fight is bad enough. Missing weight on a title, your first title fight, your this is your moment, your moment to go out and show you're the best because he knew he was the best. We all knew he was the best. Benavides knew he was the best, and he fucked it. And that's what pisses me off, mate. He but had the chance for a shite, and it would have made a difference. It's but that's just the way it is, mate. That's just the way it was. If that was the case, then it would have been fine. If he'd made weight, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It's, uh, uh, for me, uh, I know there wasn't a tail on the line, but he still proved on the night that he was the best flyweight in the world. And then he defended that honour as much three times. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing I'm on at it. But anyway, Kevin Holland is a, a sensational year. As you say, he had a loss to Brendan Allen at the end of last year. Um, he seemed to focus on man. Yeah, he seems to sell it after that. Then all of a sudden, he beat Anthony Hernandez, who was a bit out there. Beat Joaquin Buckley, who was it was his debut. Uh, but you've seen what he's done for the rest of the year. Beat Darren Stewart, obviously, by decision. Tight fight. It was a good fight, though. And then uh, the way he beat Ontiveres, and then he beat fucking Jackery, man. That knockout was fucking unbelievable. Um, aye, the sensational year, he really did. I can't even fault that for a second. I'm not, I wouldn't argue with MDL's else giving him it. Yeah. So, okay, well, just give him up. Nah, I think we'll get it to Figueredo. No, I'll give him up because I think you make a fair point, mate. Like, he became the champion in his weight class. Okay, he must wait. Yeah, shit happens, man. Fuck it. We've all been he was the champion on the night, but he proved he was the best within that weight class. He's defended it twice, although only won once. Drew Moreno. He had the best, arguably the best flyweight fight of all time. One of the fights of the year. You know, fuck it. The 2020 inside the cage what male fight. What the happened there? It's Davis and Figueredo. I don't mind, mate. It was a good discussion. I wanted to try and see what Figueredo. Listen, mate, I, sw- I swithered between the two of them. I probably swithered more than you. You seemed absolutely dead set about Figgy. And I had Figgy at first. And it was only afterwards I thought about Kevin Holland. And I sat and thought about it. And I was like, you know what? No, fuck that. Figgy's an easy pick like he won a belt he had a great fight against Moreno it's fresh in the memory but people people forgot about Holland's first two fights and all that do you know what I mean like that fight with Darren Stewart was fucking amazing mate like a great fight split decision I mean it was a great fight he had some great finishes That's that slam um, as well was just something else but you're right mate Figgy won a belt he beat Benavides twice um, he beat he smoked Alex Perez and then obviously, on another day, probably smoked Moreno. So, nah, I'm cool with that, man. I'm cool with Davison Figueredo being the 2020 male fight of the year. Very much. Happy days. Yes. Well, congratulations to all involved. I'm in a bad mood now. 
Yeah, mate, that's it. Big gate Holland, aren't I? So you can't even at me. I know. No, I think I think tying it would have been crap, mate. I think you need to make a decision. And I know you were you were really pained there having to give that up. So sorry, I don't mind. You owe me one for next year. That's fine. When Khabib comes back and smashes everybody again. <laughs> right, that wraps up um, the awards for this year, guys. Quick run through of them then. Event of the year was UFC 256. Newcomer of the year was Kamzat Chemaev. Knockout of the year was Joaquin Buckley versus Impakasanganai. Submission of the year was AJ McKee versus Darian Caldwell. Our performance of the year, our special award, was Brian Ortega for his smashing of Korean Zombie. Um, fight of the year was Joanna Yajacek versus Weili Zhang female fight of the year was Ant- Valentina Shevchenko and male fight of the year was Davison Figueredo congratulations to all involved I absolutely adore doing these it's absolutely class to actually do them and actually nobody gives a shit but do you know what I enjoy it and it gives us something to focus on for the year um, it's good fun mate it's good fun any special mentions from the year maybe that didn't get a mention that they wanted to mate anything the only thing I would like to bring up is a man of the year I know I said yeah. about Kevin Harlan but there's only one man who deserves a man of the year award and that should be Dana White because without that we would have fuck all to talk about without that man we would have nothing to talk about it's funny he was without... a leader for sport for the he was a leader for sport in the world never mind just MMA yeah, but people don't look on him like that, and it's a real shame. I know he's got a bit of an attitude problem when it comes to some things, but he's he genuinely should have been looked upon this year as an absolute hero. Um, I genuinely believe, mate, I'm not sure how you feel about this, and this may be a controversial comment between you and I, and you may be pulling me up for a layer, but I genuinely believe if he hadn't done what he'd done this year, this podcast may have died. There's a possibility that a lot of podcasts would have died, and a lot of television would have died, and a lot of stuff would have... You imagine? The end of it would have been like... You imagine you try to pick this. How are you supposed to fucking have a podcast? You imagine try to pick this back up after eight months and not doing it. You know, new baby in the house, other things going on. Do you know what I mean? It just maybe would have happened, mate. So I agree with you. Dana White, take a bow because at the end of the day, we would have had no MMA to talk about if it really wasn't him. Again, Scott Coker and Scott Coker and that um, as well could get a special mention because they kept going as well. So they the yeah, I know, I know. Right. Okay, running out of time. We've got a card this weekend, mate. We're finally back after a few weeks off. Um, Great card, to be honest. That's a really good, really good fight, aren't it? UFC on ABC, Holloway versus Qatar, also known as UFC on ABC 1, which is amazing. We'll talk about that in a minute. And UFC Fight Night, uh, Fight Island 7. Just a quick one on the ABC thing. This is massive for the UFC, massive for the sport. Um, it's on free-to-air telly, um, which is nuts. Obviously, ABC is owned by the Disney Corporation, same as ESPN. That's why there's a crossover here. They reckon there will be more fights, more cards on ABC, maybe more advertising on ABC, so people maybe actually um, pick up maybe the pay-per-views. But I, this is a, a big deal in the States, mate. It doesn't really make much difference to us over here, obviously, but in the States, it's, um, it's mental. I think somebody said it was like the, the first type since 2000, there's been live sport, uh, fighting sports on ABC, which is amazing. Um, big deal over there, mate. I know it's maybe not massive to you, but it's a big deal. No, it's big for Americans. It's, it's, it's free sport on the telly. You want more, as much free sport on the telly as you can. So, um, it's massive for the it, UFC. So. Massive for the UFC, massive for the sport, I think. It, but it maybe brings it into a new audience. Or not a new audience, just more audience, should we say. You know, people yeah. who maybe can't afford to pay $90 every two months, you know what I mean? Every month, you know. Anyway, just a wee thing on that. I just wanted to bring it up. Um, let's not rattle through all of this. Let's just special mentions. Obviously, the main events like fire. Um, 
Mate, there's got about four or five contenders for fight of the night on this without fucking doubt. All oh. the guitars going to be sensational. Ponzinibbio versus Chingliao's going to be brilliant. Um, Soriano versus Todovic, by the way, there's a fucking that size fucking. Whoever made what's, that fight up deserves an award. What's the saying? Somebody's O has got to go, my man. Exactly, and I think it was Mr. Soriano. There's something about Todorovic, man. He's just a scary motherfucker. I like him. Mate, I really do. I think it's the same as like Serbian football players, or sorry, Eastern Bloc, like Balkan football players. They were always just Serbians. You just look at one of them and go, nah, fuck that, man. Aye. I mean, if you met Nemanja Vidic doing a dark alley, you were never going to fuck with him, were you? No, you turn around and fuck off, ain't you? You go, mate, here, drop my wallet. Exactly, exactly. Not my wife, you um, Even Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown, mate, too, like, obviously Do I know some of one of these great veteran-type fights we've been talking about, and it's a kind of veterans league-type thing. And DFC. You could you could easily have had Ponzibo fighting Condit or Zhang Lian versus fighting Matt Brown, but what would that have done for Endy? No, nothing. Ponzibo versus Zhang Liang is fucking brilliant. Two kind of up-and-coming young guys, superb. Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown, brilliant. Cannot wait to watch that as well. This was good matchmaking to do it that way, and I'm glad they did. I just say one thing, though, right? This fight for Calvin Cather is massive, mate. Like, literally massive. I don't think a win here for Max Holloway really does anything, to be honest. Um, no, he's two, he's, he's two wins away from another title fight type thing, I would say. But Calvin Cather, mate, like, beating Max Holloway, you're talking about beating the best to ever do it at that weight class. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, massive. I'd be mate. surprised. So would I. I love Calvin Carter, mate, and I think he's very, very... Need to watch, aye, probably. Aye, but I can't see him... I can't see it, but hey, listen, who knows? Joaquin Buckley on this as well, obviously. A knockout of the year winner versus the Shiriko, that's a crying fight, Phil Hawes is on this. It's just, aye, brilliant. Akmedov versus Tom Brizo, a crying fight as well, mate. It's just... Aye, even big, big Justin Taffa against Carlos Felipe is another good one, mate. There's, there's some really good fights all over this. Um, it's a cracking time good. for us as well this card 8pm the 8pm the main card starts ooh that's interesting so um, as soon as the Masked Singers finish mate get that on I don't watch the Masked Singer don't fucking like you you really stoked text me last weekend <laughs> I don't watch the Masked Singer mate I don't know what you're talking about I've never even heard of it what is that oh he's talking that hole in his arse people he's talking that hole in his arse um, I look forward to this mate looking forward this will be good um, I can't wait, man. I'm buzzing for Saturday night, actually. Look at the card more and more. I'm actually buzzing for it. I know, I'm buzzing to get back into it, mate. I'm buzzing to watch it again. Um, obviously, we've got a busy show next week because there's two cards to review next week. Uh, sorry, there is preview, indeed, my man. There is. Preview and then obviously review this one. So, busy show next week as well. Um, we've kind of rattled through the last 15 minutes of this, to be honest. What do you have news-wise? Did you have a look? I know it's been a busy three weeks. There's been loads of shit there's going on. Few, loads of there's a fair few bits and pieces. I'll just quickly run through them. You say yes or no. Not too much discussion. Um, Nunez Anderson's been rebooked for 259. Yes. Dern versus Nina Ansaroff. Um, looking at April 10th of that. Meh. Uh, Annie Smith has basically went, give me Paul Craig or Jeremy Crute. He's up for that as well. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Jeremy Crute's fighting somebody though. Yeah, I've seen that. I can't remember who, no. I've not actually got that done, so I must have missed that somewhere. Um, obviously, Chimaya's out Leon Edwards fight. Discussed that. Mason Jones is making his debut, fight Ireland number eight against Mike Davis. That should be good to see him fighting. Um, Jimmy Crook versus Johnny Walker, 27th of March. What was that, sorry? Jimmy Crook versus Johnny Walker. So it was. I remember seeing that now. 
Um, Big Yan versus Israel has been made for 2.59. Scott hates Absolutely that. I love fucking it. not. Uh, can't wait to see him being double champion. It's going to be fucking amazing. Um, Kiesa versus Magnus now headlining Fight Island 8 after Jemiah Edwards has been postponed. Alofsky versus Aspinall. Good fight for Aspinall, by the way. It's a great fight. I think, I think he's boxing up too much for Alofsky in the end, but uh, it's a fucking brilliant fight. Massive chance. Definitely. Um, Figueredo Moreno likely for April or May probably, which is good. Good to hear they're definitely getting it rematched as soon as possible. That's what you want. Yeah. Peter Yan versus Sterling, 259. Mm -hmm. So that'll be on the same card as Big Yan in Israel. Um, Hakim Dawida is at a 257. Disappointing. I've tried to remember who's fighting. He was supposed to be fighting somebody. It was a fucking class fight. I can't remember who it was. She was supposed to fight Shane Burgos. Something like that, aye. So she was supposed to shake for Fergus. It was an amazing fight. Uh, Mike Grindy's obviously out of 257 as well. Um, that'd been a great fight against Nick Lens, but Nick Lens has now got Mobs are everywhere, which will be a cracking fight as well. I seen that. I seen that. Yeah, I know. Just a minute, I was a class fight. I'm not too. I'm not too disappointed that Grindy's pulled out because it's arguably a better fight. Yeah. Um, Giles versus Duplessis. Duplessis is a South African boy, wasn't he? He, he won the, the fight, so that was a great finish for him. Um. Last thing on UFC 257, we will have spectators. We will have people in the audience. Seen that? Um, it's in a new arena. Built a new arena last year for Austin Bit Species in Abu Dhabi. So I think I read there was 2,000 they are going to be in the arena. So it'll be interesting to hear that we're noisy in the arena again. I'm not sure if I'm happy about that or not. I am. Because see, when I, was back, was, when I was going through stuff for the awards... And I watched the the crowds, man. You just it does it's not the same, mate. It's not the same. I think you don't notice it so much because we've been watching it so often. But see, when you go back and watch a card with a crowd, mate, it's just no one needs. Just good, like because man. it's not a full crowd, it's not really quite the same, is it? No, it needs to be full, but now, but hey, home. We'll just wait patiently for that. Well, indeed, my man. Right, that you, Dan, mate, Dan. What an episode. Um, I love doing the awards. It's one of the honestly one of my favourite of the year. Um, glad to be back, guys. Had a good wee break, refreshed, ready to go, waiting for UFC to come back. Um, this lockdown will not stop me and Mark doing the show. Hopefully, as long as there's UFC on, we will be here. As long as our Skype um, will be here. What? As long as our Skype will be here. Ah, we'll figure out. Wait, there's always going to be Skype, mate. Especially now when you can't communicate with anybody else except with Skype. Very true. Yeah. Right. Anyway, guys, thanks as always for listening. Again, happy new year to everybody. Um, looking forward to a good year for us, a good year for UFC, a good year for everybody. Um, and we are aiming for a hundred episodes shortly. Um, hopefully, maybe I don't know how many we'd need before the end. Of, what's that going to be before the end of year? One hundred and forty, maybe if we do keep doing every week. Somewhere that high. Yeah. But anyway. Cheers, as always, guys. We will catch you next week for a review of Poirier versus McGregor. Ooh, exciting. Listen, have a good week. Catch up with you soon.